Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Are you ready for the return of JT Daniels? It looks like that's going to happen Saturday. Good morning. It is Thursday, October 28th. My name is Trey Scott. You're listening to the College Football Daily. We're about to be joined by Jake Rowe of Dogs 24-7, the 24-7 Sports Georgia Bulldogs website. Had Jake on to talk about the world's largest outdoor cocktail party and started with quarterbacks, of course, because that was supposed to be the prompt of the episode. In my opinion, I, I thought thought this was a few weeks away. JT Daniels, the, a few weeks away from coming back from this lat injury and I thought Stetson Bennett would be the guy again for Georgia against Florida and Jake's like nah I think it's I think it's JT Daniels so very interesting episode maybe that makes you feel better about Georgia covering the 14 maybe maybe it makes you feel a little bit worse because Stetson Bennett has been playing so well recently and credit to him because he was not very good a year ago he's been efficient he's been dual threat capable and he's even throwing the ball downfield a little bit so props to him but it feels like it looks like his time has ended as Georgia's starting quarterback as JT Daniels gets ready for a very very big game in the SEC and we'll get to that in just a second one other big piece of college football news that transfer portal you can hear it man it's getting loud Oregon five-star freshman freshman offensive tackle Kingsley Suamatea shocked everybody by entering the portal on Tuesday night was the number 32 player in the class per the top 247. Only played about 11 snaps this year, but that's not uncommon at all for a true freshman offensive tackle. Oregon fans had figured he would be the next Panay Sewell. They've got to be a little bit upset this morning. Already got a few crystal ball predictions in for Kingsley to end up at BYU. He's from Orem, Utah, but he's going to have his pick of his pick of schools. This is now the highest rated player in the transfer portal per the 2022 transfer rankings that we do. Clint Brewster gave Kingsley a grade of 96. So that's, that's quite lofty and got a few other injuries too on Wednesday. Don't need to name them. But if your school has players who aren't playing, it doesn't matter how highly ranked they were. It doesn't matter that they might be a freshman. They are very much a threat to enter the portal. All right. Anyway, here's Jake Rowe. Jake Rowe joins us right now. Jake, a year ago when JT Daniels was mysteriously injured, there was a lot of buzz about it. Now it's it's not as big of a topic because Stetson Bennett has played so well, which we're going to get into. But just update us now based on what you know and what Kirby Smart's been saying. What is the progress and the status report of JT Daniels as he works back from that lat injury? You know, Kirby uh, told us yesterday, man, that uh, that JT has hasn't really been limited this week. He hasn't. Kirby says he hasn't really observed any limitations. Um, he said on the SEC conference call that uh, that both quarterbacks have looked good, uh, and, and you know, Georgia's still got a practice to go today. They still kind of get after it on Wednesday. They'll be at it again on Thursday. Is this kind of a polish up type deal? I don't know exactly what they'll be wearing as far as pads go. Maybe just helmets. But you know, I think the next two days will probably probably tell the tale in terms of who starts on Saturday. You know, my gut feeling is is JT. Uh, you know, I, that's just, that's not really anything I've heard. It's really tight-lipped. And uh, I think they've really done a good job from, from the people I've spoken with of kind of not tipping their hand to anybody because they've split the reps 
uh, so evenly, but I would I would kind of guess JT at this point, uh, gut feeling. Um, but but I also think both guys are probably going to end up playing. I don't think this is a necessarily a uh, two quarterback system. I just think Georgia has two quarterbacks that are playing winning football, and they kind of want to get this thing sorted out. I did not know JT was that close. I I honestly just assumed this was a Stetson Bennett game. Wow. No, no, JT will be able to play in this one. I think JT was getting was ready to play against uh, against Kentucky uh, because if you watched him warm up for that game, you know, ball looked pretty good coming out of his hand, 35, 40 yards. He didn't go much further than that. And uh, dude was taped. I mean, he had the cleats taped um, over the top. And, uh, and and it was kind of was wearing his normal game gear and everything like that. It wasn't one of those situations like sometimes you can tell if a DB or a wide receiver is going to play because they'll come out there without any wristbands or gloves or, or tape or anything like that, and they'll warm up, but you know he's not going. JT looked like he was ready to go for that Kentucky game, and and I, I, I'm 99.9% sure he's going to be ready to go for Florida if he's needed or if he wins the job. The winning the job part's interesting because I'll just be f- totally honest, when it came out, pregame that that set or that uh, JT was not going to play against Arkansas I remember like fading fading Stetson like I, I changed my pickup on on my betting app and he played he's played so well Jake it's like a different quarterback than he was a year ago and I guess the joke's on us because it, it's proof that players can get better but he's running around and he's making throws he's hitting some bombs that had me thinking like okay George might roll this guy with roll with this guy the rest of the season. Are there any any contingents uh, contingencies of the fan, parts of the fan base that are like, hey, let's this is working. Let's let's stick with with, with Stetson Bennett. It is a very, very, very small group of people. I think most people would say that JT raises the ceiling of of Georgia's offense, and I'm in that group. Uh, I think JT, when you look at the ability to threaten the entire football field from the pocket, JT does a better job of that. Now, with that said, um, listen, I, I reported it last year, and I can't remember when it was, Trey. It was it was at some point, maybe mid October. Uh, you know, you talk to sources in the program, and and I had a really good one tell me he's like. Like, man, this coaching staff, they like they like Stetson a lot, and they think Stetson's going to get a lot better. And I and I reported that, and it was, you know, listen, you can't see people's reactions when you post something, but I imagined it, and I imagined eyes rolling, uh, people sighing. You know, I think there was this thought that Stetson's a fourth-year player, and he was as good as he was going to get, and that was the way everybody saw it. And what they were seeing was, was you know, what they were going to get, and that wasn't true. And, you know, I think part of it, we got this question on, on our, on our you know, YouTube show and podcast today where somebody asked, you know, is Stetson's improvement because of individual improvements he's made or is it because of the some adjustments by the coaching staff? And I had to say both, but I'm, if I had to lean one way or the other, I'm going to credit the player because he's making better decisions. He's more accurate with the football downfield. He's being really, I mean, like ultra decisive and confident. And I think he's gotten better with each uh, start, especially in this little three-game run. Uh, but I also think Georgia's coaching staff's doing a good job of kind of rolling him out of the pocket, simplifying some things for him. And uh, and and just in general, being you know more in in tune offensively in Todd Munkin's second year. Outside of quarterback, what's the big storyline for Saturday's game, Georgia wise? I think big picture. I'm wondering if they see this as a revenge game at all. Dan Mullen got his first win over Kirby Smart last year. Georgia, I th- I think was favored in that game, and I remember thinking that that doesn't make any sense. Florida rolled, and now it seems like a chance for Georgia to almost sort of like. I'm not going to say in the Dan Mullen era, 
but there seems to be some sort of step on the throat possibility that we could have here on Saturday. You know, I don't know if it's bled into the leadership or anything, Trey, but I agree with you. And the reason I say that is, you know, you talk to certain people that are connected to players and Georgia still feels like they should have won that game last year because they felt like they had a chance to win that game. You know, you look at that second half and, you know, Kyle Trask throws an interception, throws a, throws a ball that hits Mark Webb in the hands going the other way and he drops it. And and maybe that was Georgia's chance to get in it. Georgia had Demetrius Robertson uh, now at Auburn transfer portal. I mean, just crazy things it does to us these days. But Demetrius Robertson wide open behind the defense. Dewan Mathis couldn't hit him. Had Trey McKitty wide open on the sideline. Uh, you know, Dewan Mathis couldn't hit him. You know, Georgia kind of their defense kind of bowed its neck in that second half and and gave Georgia a chance to win that game. Bulldogs just couldn't come back. And uh, they couldn't get anything going offensively. And, you know, that Georgia was beat up. Stetson got hurt in that game after a hot start. No Richard LeCount, uh, no Jordan Davis. Lewis Seen and Kyle Pitts both kind of canceled each other out, both came out kind of on the same play. And uh, Georgia played poorly and still had a chance to win. And I think that, that if, if you look inside the minds of each and one, every one of those players, I don't know that the coaches are using it as motivation, but I think the players probably see it that way. And, uh, and, and I think there is kind of a re- revenge element here for sure. And I, and I think there's also uh, another thing from just kind of a schematic standpoint, the run game, because LSU ran the same play over and over and over again. And by the end of that game, if you flip on that LSU Florida game, LSU had Florida's linebackers running from blocks late in that game. And, and I think this is a Florida team that's kind of on the cusp of things getting a little wiry from a from a uh, you know just a confidence and and culture standpoint at least as this season goes um, you know I think if Georgia is able to get out to a good lead run the football early you know I don't know the Florida will quit but I think it might crumble a little bit yeah Georgia's got this four four man running back thing going on it's pretty awesome to see uh, Zamir White's had a, a fun year James Cook has looked sometimes like his brother Kendall Milton too. I'm going to assume Jake Georgia is prepared to play both quarterbacks uh, against each each of the Florida quarterbacks and and maybe more heavily Anthony Richardson. Well, I you know here's the thing, Trey. I don't know that they're that different. I just think Anthony Richardson's better. And I don't know how Florida doesn't start him. Now, I'm also the same guy who said that I didn't know, you know, when we kind of talk about things, sometimes you get outside your lane a little bit. And I definitely did this prior to the LSU game uh, for Auburn. I I thought TJ Finley would absolutely be the starter. Bo Nix starts, plays well, has kind of experienced a small renaissance with himself as a player. So, uh, you know, I I just don't see any any way that Anthony Richardson is not the guy. He's really impressive. Now, I'll say this, you know, you mentioned Bo Nix. He's kind of got a little Bo Nix in him from the, from the pressure standpoint, so he doesn't like to throw the ball away and he doesn't like to take sacks. He'll heave it up every now and then, but he's a special talent. He's a special athlete. I don't know how far he's going to come as a quarterback, uh, but he's a good player. And I, and I would imagine, you know, yeah, George is going to be prepared for a couple of, of, of very mobile, very dangerous quarterbacks with their legs. Uh, but I just don't see any way that they don't see most, at least mostly Anthony Richardson on Saturday. I think they'll be ready. And, uh, you know, one of the things that makes this kind of a tough matchup and and, and would lead me to believe Georgia's going to cover in this game is the fact that Florida needs to run the ball to be successful on offense. I still haven't seen anybody be able to do that effectively against Georgia yet this year. And, and you know, that's just that, that's just kind of how it's gone. You know, I appreciate you giving us the, uh, the, the cover prediction. Tell me, though, is it an ugly – is it a blow, is this a blowout or is it a 17-point win here? I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's one where Georgia's going to eventually pull away. Uh, one of the, I think it's going to be an arm's length type deal until Georgia, you know, make scores a couple times late. 
Um, you know, I, I actually kind of view this as, as a potentially like a, a low scoring type deal from the aspect of like a, maybe a 27 to 7, 27 to 10 type deal. Um, but I think Georgia's gonna going to be up a score, maybe a score, you know, two scores, 10 points, something like that. And then, you know, kind of score late to put it away. But I, I don't see them getting up and running from Florida because I think the bye week gives a defense an opportunity to kind of, you know, sort out some of the issues. Um, but but I'll say this, if if Georgia starts as fast as it did last year, which is jump up 14 nothing in the first quarter, I think it'll be an absolute boat racing. Dude, I just got to say, like, Florida has pretty good offensive chops, and the fact that we're thinking seven or ten for them, that says something about this Georgia defense. Well, it's to, me, to me, Trey, it's, it's just a matchup. You know, it's it's just kind of like, you know, if, if they were playing last year's Florida offense, I think last year's Florida offense would would give this Georgia defense all it wanted because it would be able to challenge Georgia on the outside with precision passing and timing and things of that nature. I think Florida's – if you're a team that relies on the run game, you're going to have to kind of hope Georgia's not playing that well that day uh, in, in, for, in from the run game perspective because they're just so good against the run. I mean, that's the one area. Like, I don't look at any element of this Georgia football team, pass game, run game, offensive line, receivers, defensive backs. I don't really look at any of those elements as just kind of otherworldly. I think you've got players all over college football that could probably come in and help Georgia and be a contributor for Georgia at those positions. That front seven defensively, I think is probably – and and. Uh, listen, I, I'm not a, I'm not one of these guys like, hey, the team I cover is unstoppable. Okay, like Georgia's got its faults, has had its flaws in the past, uh, but that front seven is as good as I've seen, uh, you know, as I've ever covered with my own eyes and seen in person. I mean, that includes like 2015 Alabama and and some of the things I've seen. They're just that good up front, and and if Florida needs to run the football to be successfully off, successful offensively, I don't I don't see that happening uh, against Georgia's defense. All right, Jake Rowe, thanks so much, man. Go Braves. Ah, yeah, there we go. Okay, appreciate Jake joining us. Go follow his great work over at Dogs 24-7. Thanks to our producer, Lance Glenn, for putting this thing together. Have a great Thursday. We'll talk to you on Friday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.